0: You are listening to the Coach's Edge Podcast, exclusively on the Rush Podcast Network.
1: Hello, everybody. This is Pablo Toledo. I'm Rush Soccer's Coach Development Director. And in this podcast, I'm getting together with Daryl Brasso. He's Iowa Rush's Senior Girls Director and Specialist in Leadership Studies. This, this chat, this podcast is going to be very, very interesting for all of you because Daryl, he's not only... Um, a great coach and a great guy and very knowledgeable about leadership that itself is such an interesting topic but he's also going to share insights from different, di- from different disciplines and I think that's wonderful because when we, we talk about soccer we talk about leadership but most of the times we hear about this within the soccer industry, within the soccer world and the soccer knowledge so we get the same message a lot. Now Daryl is going to actually share a perspective from diff- different disciplines, managerials and some others and then he's going to give us some practical applications for all of these concepts. How can you actually translate them onto the field? How can you actually apply them for the soccer um, world that we, that we coach within? So, I mean, that said, I really hope that you enjoy the podcast. And um, again, thank you very much for taking the time. Hello, everybody. This is Pablo, with Rush Coach Development. Um, we're really happy. Today, because we had Daryl uh, Brasso, he's the Senior Girls Director at Iowa Rush, and, um, and he's especially in leadership topics. So um, with no further introduction, Daryl, how are you doing?
0: I'm doing fantastic. How about yourself, You're,
1: buddy? Did I pronounce your your family name correctly? Is it Brasso? Very close. You-
0: Very close. Brazo, French.
1: Well, I'm getting there. Well, step by step. How's, how's everything going over there?
0: Good, just a little cold, got some snow here in Iowa, but uh, Mm -hmm. we're making do.
1: Very good, very good. So as you well know, actually, uh, this month, um, we're running our coaching education based on the topic of leadership that happens to be uh, January's core value as well. Um, So we thought you had a very interesting profile to actually discuss the topic um, but before I do that, if you would like to take a minute and, and actually introduce yourself to everybody so we give some context to the conversation, please please go
0: ahead. Yeah, you know, like Pablo said, uh, Daryl Brazo, I'm the Senior girls director at uh, Iowa Rush Soccer Club. A little bit of a uh, playing background. Uh, I grew up in Chicago. Uh, I played collegiately at uh, the Ohio State University. Uh, two-time All-Big Ten, uh, Big Ten champion, uh, Medal of Honor finalist. Uh, played six years in, uh, in Des Moines here in Iowa uh, with the uh, Des Moines Menace, the PDL semi-pro team. And then I kind of transitioned over to coaching. I've been coaching now for, I think, 15 years Predominantly on on the girls' side, just here within the last uh, year or two, I've kind of transitioned over to the boys' side a little bit. I'll be helping out a a local high school uh, boys' team this spring. In terms of uh, education, as Pablo said, um, within the the last uh, two months, I earned my master's in organizational leadership uh, from uh, Grandview University, which is here in Des Moines. I also earned a leadership certificate from the University of Iowa, and will be wrapping up my MBA uh, from the University of Iowa, oh, within the, the next year year and a half. So, very high level overview uh, of kind of my playing background, coaching background, and education.
1: No, very nice, very nice, um, very interesting studies, by the way. Um, and I'm 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 really glad, and I was particularly interested in. In connecting with you, because um, something that, I, that that's been in, that's been on my mind for for a long time now um, is as coaches, we, as uh, you know, we try to further education, and um, the one that is soccer specific, and, and I don't mean any disrespect by this, but it's, sometimes it feels like we're you know we're, we keep digging the same hole, right? It's it's it's, it's, it's listening to the same thing or similar things over and over and over. And um, that's why I I think it's so interesting when we actually learn from from different disciplines and and that's how your profile was um, very interesting to me. So my question would be, um, have you found, or do you find a lot of common ground between uh, leadership studies from an organizational setting, from from the things that you studied in school lately to a sports specific
0: uh, environment? Yeah, and and let me just back up real quick, Pablo. I think I forgot to mention that uh, I also have a day job. Um, I work for a a large Midwest convenience store, and Mm -hmm. I am the the team lead for our IT operations department. So uh, just a little bit of context there. But um, in terms of your question, you know, kind of some similarities between organizational leadership and, you know, kind of sport leadership, um, I, I think most... Most times people kind of get um into two approaches. You know, the first one is results. Um, you know, whether it's a coach or, you know, a boss or a leader within a company, they come in and you know, they have to, you know, get immediate results. And when you take that approach um, versus a a process-based approach, when you go with that result. Um, typically coaches, managers, however you want to describe them as leaders, you know, they look at, you know, the team members as objects and that, you know, that kind of creates, you know, some issues, um, they look for, you know, kind of these short-term wins, they're willing to cut corners, you know, they just want to get the work done. There's no real process. There's no real development. Uh, there's a lot of micromanaging going on. Hmm. And you know what what happens is that you know you kind of unempower you know your your team versus kind of like that process based where you know you kind of sacrifice maybe some short term wins for long term um advantages. Mm-hmm. Um, you know you really you know when you take that approach you know as a leader, you know you're you're trying to empower you know your team members to to make decisions on their own. And, and when you do that, you know, sometimes, you know, they are going to make mistakes. You know, I, I really try to use this process-based approach with, with both coaching and, you know, in my, in my daily job. And we, we have run into issues where individuals make mistakes. It wasn't because they purposely made mistakes. it's just, it might be a new topic. It, it might be a new issue. And instead of, you know, kind of jumping down, you know, their back, you know, we use it as a learning opportunity. Okay. You know, what did you learn from it? What can we do, you know, next time to ensure this doesn't happen? Um, is this something that we can completely remove? Is is there ways to make it better? So using it as a, as a learning opportunity is, is, is huge.
1: No, no, completely, completely. And, and I really like the, the, the comparison that you that you made between, um, you know, the environment that it's soccer related and the one that it's in, in your organization, in your in your daily job. Um, do, do you find that? I think that, I think it's it's the same, right? I mean, because we're, we're always leading people, so it, it's not exactly the same. But there's there's a lot of parallelisms. There are a lot of analogies that we can trace um, in building teams and leading people. Um, now, something that um, that has been in my mind and that I remember from my time since school asking one of the professors, is like, do you find it more complicated um, to lead in a company setting or in a sports um, setting? What, what I, I have an experience with that, but what's what's yours? What what are your thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, you know, for me, um, I find it easier to lead in a company environment. Um, You know, I I think you know our goals and strategies are you know kind of longer term. Whereas I think you know, like within the club environment or even high school or uh, college, you know your your goals are you know within a couple months, right? So Mm -hmm. you have to you know really be a good leader, um, know your team, to be able to you know kind of accomplish some of the goals that that the team wants or the club wants or the high school or the college within a very short period of time. Um, and, you know, as you've seen, you know, with sports um, you know, coaches can get let go within a matter of a couple months if they don't have the right result, or, you know, they're not leading properly. I, I think it's harder to let go of people within a corporate environment nowadays. Uh, you have to have a lot of, you know, documentation in, in that. So, from my perspective, uh, I find it easier to lead within a corporate versus a uh, kind of an athletic standpoint.
1: That's, that's really interesting. And I, and I, and I do agree with you. I mean, at, at least by my experience, um, what's good about the company setting is that, the, uh, I mean, I don't know if it's realistic. I don't, I don't know if it's always realistic, but like you're saying, like the sense of urgency needs to be different. Um, and,
0: um, and one other thing, uh, Pablo, is mm-hmm. the resources that are at the disposal of a company. I work for a you know, fairly large company, and the resources that we have at our disposal to help um, are immense. Whereas, you know, most clubs, um, you know, the resources are tied to, to some equipment. I think the leadership development um, is kind of put to the back burner. Whereas in big companies, leadership is, is a hot topic right now and it's a heavy focus.
1: That's true too. That's true too. You know what's the one thing and tell me your thoughts about this one? The one the one thing that I found easier in sports setting than a company setting. Um when it comes to building teams and leading them is that something that I believe in is that um if you want to form a, a high-performing team, there has to be an emotional connection with the objective. Um, it can't just be a rational connection. It ha- there has to be something emotional. There has to be a certain degree and level of passion or sense of identification with the objective that, that work are pursuing, which tends to be, you know, a little bit easier to find in a sports setting because we're more passionate about sports normally than if we're leading a team of accountants right with all the respect to accountants, do you do you experience the same or or has it been different for you
0: no I I agree I I think you know um, players are are more purpose driven right they have that that purpose especially working with you know the senior girls you know within our program you know they're all pretty driven uh, about you know getting to to play college soccer Um, And that's what kind of drives them to to show up. Um, They're willing to, to do extra, you know, at work, Um, you know, that's a lot of those people for the most part are there just to get a paycheck and, and trying to motivate them is is definitely a challenge. So there is a difference there when you're talking about, you know, kind of the why, you know, why are they there? You know, Simon Sinek has that, that book start with why, which is fantastic. Um, you know, that kind of drives you know what uh, what you're doing on a daily basis. No, not probably.
1: He's getting very popular with that talk, huh? <laughs> it no, it's, it's, a, it's a
0: great book and, and a great little TED talk.
1: Absolutely. Um now um I tend to be very um pragmatic in in, in certain ways. So so as you were, as you were saying this, I kept thinking, okay, but how do, how do I apply this? Like how, how does it translate into my my real life as a coach? And um, in that sense, what I, what I'm thinking is what, what do you start? What's the first thing that you do? Like if we're trying to, to lead a team or um, do you start from?
0: That, that's first, a great what, question. What's your first yeah. Yeah. No, that's a great question. Um, and um. About five or six years ago, you know, at at my work, we, we brought in a, a new director of IT and I kind of consider her kind of like my mentor. Um, I've learned so much from her. And one of the things that I learned from her was, um, and, and more an observation, the way she handled kind of arriving within our company, she resisted. And this is what I recommend to like new coaches, um, you know, coming into new teams or new leaders, resist the temptation to jump right in. Right. I think a lot of times we just want to jump right in and inject our ideas and what we've done in the past. Um, You know, what, um, what this leader did for us is she probably spent three to four months getting to know each person Um, Getting to know the company and then from there working with the individuals within the department on, hey, you know, this is like a SWOT analysis, right? Pablo, like, here's our strengths, here's our weaknesses, here's our areas of opportunities and, you know, here's our our threats. But, um, you know, for new coaches, I, I definitely, you know, encourage you not to jump right in to, you know kind of observe now don't wait three or four months your season might be over but maybe it's you know just a couple practices you know just watch and and meet one-on-one with the players um, you know maybe it's in groups meet with the captains you know one of the things that uh, you know we did in one of the classes I took Pablo is we took an, an Enneagram a personality test I don't know if you've ever had that before yeah. but that's where you know it's like a quick little survey. And that tells you kind of how players are motivated and how they interact with other players of different personality. So now you Hmm. kind of have, you know, like almost like a little bit of a, a framework of, you know, all right, this player might be like a type nine, this player might be a type three, and then kind of working with them in like a team setting on how they all kind of coexist.
1: Do, do you actually do you actually use uh, a test with your with your players? Uh,
0: we have in, in my company. We have not um, in in my uh, kind of club environment. I know most of the players. I've coached them since they were probably ten years old, uh, so I know them pretty good. But definitely uh, recommend for you know a new coach coming into uh, a club for the first time or you know, making a big jump from, you know, the boy side to the girl side, it's just another tool that you can use to help really kind of see what, uh, what your, your players personalities are and, and how they coexist.
1: Yeah, I think, I think, I actually think that, I think that's a great tip. Do you, and, and to be extra pragmatic and actually Google coaches listening, in a great, um, a great resource, it's like, do you recommend any test in particular that we could access?
0: Um, so there is a, there's a couple of different websites you can go to if you type in Enneagram and I'll spell it out: E N N E A G R A M. If you type that into Google, you know you'll get a, a handful of different sites that you can go to to take the survey. Um, You know, I I think it's, you know, when I took it, it was like a 10-minute survey, Um, so not very long. And it's something that, you know, uh, Pablo, you brought up that, um, you know, hey, have you tried this with teams? You know, uh, here in a couple weeks, I'm going to be heading down to Florida with the rush select. And this is Mm -hmm. one of those tests that I'm going to have the players take before just to try to see where where players are at and uh, get them to work through. You know some of those relationships no
1: completely that's that's very interesting i I would love to to see the the results after I think its a, it's a really interesting first step and that's a very good I think that's very good advice um, don't jump on it. How, how would you how would you summarize it don't yeah resist jump the right, yeah. to
0: jump right in and inject your ideas without knowing your team. Uh, you know, I think um, every moment matters, you know, the book that uh, Rush highly recommends. Uh, I, I've, i found it very fascinating to be honest with you. And i picked up a lot of great things and um, O'Sullivan, you know, talks about, um, you know, you have to know your team. You have to know kind of the makeup of your team because, you know, you might go in and, and want them to, you know, be a regional champion or a national championship, but, you know that's not the level that they're at. So not only are you going to be miserable, but they're going to be miserable, and it's going to be a terrible experience. So you have to know, you know, who you're coaching before you can really start to develop, you know, a curriculum and a plan.
1: Completely. And you, and and you know, one of the one of the reasons why I really like that passage as well, and and I really like the story that you're telling me about your mentor, is because something that I learned because I wrote it, not because I was brilliant. Um, is that um, I read a, it used to say. So don't assume that the that, that the recipe that took you here is going to work again. Basically, so don't assume that just because you did something in a way in the past at a certain level is going to work in this. It's going to work in this new environment as well. And I think that's really important because we tend to stick to the to the processes and to the ideas that made us successful in the in the past but they're not necessarily going to work again uh, in a different environment so i think i think that that highlights in a way what you were saying before right that you have to know them very well before you you try to you know to go for it
0: from the first from the very first moment yeah i completely agree you know if if you're used to coaching high school boys and all of a sudden you're working with you know, you 12 girls, you're going to have to lead differently. Um, and, you know, it, it, it's one of those things about leadership that you, it, it's constantly evolving. You, you know, it, it, it evolved based upon, you know, the generation that we're working with. You know, back when mm. we were players, you know, um, the tough coach mentality was kind of prevalent that yeah. is uh, <laughs> kind of becoming obsolete, right? That is just no longer, you know, the, the way you can lead and, and the way people respond by getting on you and yelling at you. Um, you have to find different ways to, to motivate them. And uh, that's what leadership's all about. You have to constantly be evolving and, and knowing who you're working with.
1: No, no, 100%. And um, and along those lines, um, I wanted to ask you, when we think when we think about leading the player, right? Um, what are the what are the, the main concepts or your the cornerstones that are always in your mind as you go through that process?
0: You know, probably the big thing for me um, is, and I tell the players this all the time is, I see more in them than they see in themselves, right? I think um, you know when you're a leader and the the people you're leading know that you believe in them and you see more in them um, you know uh, it gets them to to work harder um, they, they have that trust factor there so you know building that trust uh, believing in them then you know the next thing is you know when you're working with you know youth especially you know they're they're young they they don't really know where you know the direction that they want to go so you're kind of almost you know, kind of like a guide. And one of the things that I really learned in in one of my classes, I had a a mentor um, who was assigned to me and he, he was fantastic at asking questions and, and not providing me the answer, but helping me find the answer. Does that make sense? Pablo? Like we're, you know, it's, it's almost like guided discovery, you know, coaching is, you know, the great coaches are able to do that, right. They're asking questions, and they're getting the player to think. And I think, you know, as a leader, that's really important. You know, if you tell players what to do, um, they don't really take ownership of it. So helping them, you know, through kind of questions and, um, you know, having them come up with the answer, even though your questions are kind of subconsciously directing them in a the direction that you want them to go. Um, so I think those are, are kind of the, the really big ones. And then the other thing, um, Pablo is just constantly, you know, kind of having dialogue, you know, with your team members. Um, just checking in on them. You know, it could be, hey, how you doing today? Um, get to know them on a personal level, you know, mom and dad's name, how many brothers and sisters, um, you know, and, and cause you know, when you're coaching and, and you know players, you can pick up on body language. And you know when they're having a bad day. Um, and when you bring them over and say, hey, what's going on? I noticed, you know, you're not kind of your usual. That, again, builds some trust and in, in a bond, you know, with the player that really helps going forward. Yeah, completely, completely.
1: Um, so so, um, so, bulletizing what, what you said, so you were saying the first one is the belief. You need to have an honest belief in in what they can do. Your second one would be guide towards like a guided discovery approach. Based. I mean, guide them towards finding their own answers instead of giving them the answer. Yeah. Correct. And the third one would be open for dialogue. Yeah. And,
0: and that last one, um, you know, I, I think many, many clubs, you know, you have yearly evaluations. Um, I think that's too long. I think mm-hmm. I, I, I prefer small calibrations instead of big ones, right? So if you wait to the end of the year and you provide feedback to somebody, they may not remember what you're talking about. Um, if you can provide, you know, that feedback, you know, relatively when it happened, I think that helps. Or if, you know, the player is kind of starting to go off track, you know, can you meet with them? Can you meet with the parents and and talk and make subtle changes? Because, you know, we all live in a life that we don't like change. And the bigger the change is, you know, the more resistant we are. Um, So, you know, in that dialogue bullet point, you know, that would be like a, a sub bullet point where, you know, don't wait. To have feedback every six to 12 months, you know. Try to, you know, do it once a week, once every two weeks at the most. Yeah, you know, um,
1: I really like that you're saying that, and um, and backtracking a little bit, I fully agree with the point points that, that you mentioned. Um, in fact, I read once from from Bielsa in a very philosophical and romantic way, he was saying you have to honestly love your players to be a good coach. There's no way of doing it otherwise to honestly, honestly love them and want the best for them. Um, and I know it sounds very philosophical and romantic, but in my own experience, it's, it's true. It's like, I don't know, if you don't commit a little bit emotionally that really, really want the best for them, um, it's not the same it just doesn't really happen the bond bond doesn't really develop there um but um what you were saying after I think it's one of the most important parts at least that I wanted to ask you about that is um I always try to find key performance indicators it's like in the sense of like how can I measure if my leadership is being effective um what do you use?
0: What are, what are
1: signs or indicators for you that things are going in the right
0: direction or, or not? Uh, another great question. Um, you know, I think the easiest way um, and the way you're probably gonna get feedback right away is just having those dialogues with the players. Um, so that instantaneous feedback. Uh, and that's where you have to, as a leader, create a an environment where open dialogue is welcome. Uh, I know that sometimes Mm. it's hard for younger players, you know, to, to speak up. Um, so in those situations, um, you know, I recommend, you know, we try to have, I think most teams have captains. And then within those captains, um, you know, um, after practice or maybe it's once a week meeting with the captains and just kind of asking them, Hey, you know, what's going on. Um, What's going right? What's going wrong? What can we do to improve? Again, they're providing calibration back to you, um, which helps. And then in terms of, you know, if you want to get into like the data side of it, um, this past year um, I took a class, an engagement class, and um, I kind of transferred that over uh, to to the soccer side and, and actually sent out a survey kind of mid to late year where I asked them, you know, Hey, um, series of questions that kind of test their engagement with the team engagement with, with the club, and then kind of coach effectiveness. You know, some of the questions like how proud of you Mm -hmm. or how proud are you of our team? How proud of, are you of our club? Um, (laughs) you know, are you looking at leaving those types of things um, are, you know, kind of indicators on, on how well you're, you're leading, right? If they're, you know, positive results, then I, I think you're, you're going in the right direction. And that doesn't mean that just because you get positive that you're done. Um, you know, sometimes, you know, data and, and timing can, can be a little bit of an issue. And what I mean by that is, you know, if you gave a survey – you know, after you lost three games in a row, what do you think the, the responses are probably going to be, Pablo? They might yeah, be a little bit lower. Whereas if, you know, the responses come after, you know, you just won a state championship, everyone for the most part might be happy. So, again, you just have to uh, understand that, you know, data – it's helpful, but you can't just only rely on that, so you have to kind of drill down on some of those surveys but you know again, you know those those surveys are great um, the instant feedback from you know you the leaders on the team or individuals one of the things that uh I like it's a new term that I've learned is called stickiness, and what we mean by stickiness is you know how how connected are players to their teammates, to the club, um, you know, to the coaches? If, if a player is really sticky, so you've mentioned kind of like a web, right? A spider web. Um, if there's only one strand, you know, a fly is going to be able to, you know, get out of it. But if it's constant, you know, just huge spider web interwoven and that fly you know, goes into it, you know, poor fly is probably not going to make it. And that's the same thing with what I call stickiness within a club where as a leader, you want to try to build as many connections to different things. So players just love being on a team or within a club. And um, so that's where, you know, you kind of ask those types of questions and if they have a high response, I think things are going well. If they have a low response, then, you know, you you're gonna have some things to work on as a leader.
1: That's a really good one, actually. That's a really good one. Um, I never thought about the survey, but yeah, that that's a good one. You know what? I um, I, these are not by the books; are just like little things that I've been picking over the years, and that I try to pay attention to are um. For example, like, like what you were saying, you know, like, of course, the results of your survey would change if you just lost three games in a row or you just won them. Now, to me, lose the, the period in which we lose those three games, it's very important You actually test my my own leadership. Like, if I'm being effective in, in my leadership in building the type of culture that I want and... Uh, and, and to test how, how, you know, of course, how strong is the the link and the sense of identification within the team? Because that's when it gets tested, of course, in the moment that you lose the team, wrong. Um, but not only that, you know, th- there are little things that, I, that I've been picking that I think uh, give me a sign of am I doing it right or wrong? And at least at the individual level. And one of them, for instance, is... Um, um, I like it when, when when the parents come to me to ask me something and they say, uh, we wanted to ask you to see if you can actually talk to him or her because he listens to you. <laughs> so that to me tends to be like a good indicator because they say, okay, I've managed to build trust with the player. He doesn't see me as a... As a foreign thing that it's uh, threatening or scary, he actually trusts me. He feels like he can talk to me and ask me questions and open up, and I think that's super important.
0: Yeah, you know, you're like a, a role model, you know, for for the players, and you know, like you said, you know, they trust you and you know they respect your decision. You know, I, I have four boys, and uh, you know, you coach one of my my sons at the the rush regional. And, uh, no, I, I think it's the same thing. You know, he probably would listen more to you than me. And, uh, and I think that's just because, you know, he respects you and uh, he looks up to you. Completely. Completely. That is something that, that is, um,
1: takes time to build and it's easy to destroy Right. As a, as a coach, and uh, that is the trust that the player has on you. um, and um, if we, so, so we, we've been things, a couple um, of times. Th- just
0: to, to touch on, um, you know, I, I think, yeah. you know, it, um, when it comes to that, like, you know, where players look up to you and respect you, um, I think, you know, um, obviously my son only had you for a couple of days, but I think it's because you're mm-hmm. authentic, right? And I think that's a very important trait for leaders is to be authentic be that, you know, themselves, don't try to, to be a a different leader. Don't try to fake it, Um, be yourself. And then it kind of goes back to, you know, one of the initial conversations we had is, you know, you truly want the best for players, right? So if you're authentic and you believe and and you want the best for them that comes out and that exudes in your personality. That's true. That's true. Your kid's
1: really good, by the way, I, <laughs> I like that. you can play really well here in the tournament. thank you <laughs> um, no, completely, so um, what I wanted to ask you about is like I mean you gave us a lot of really good insights about leading the player itself when, when you go to the to the team, and this is a question that I ask myself every time that i'm a, that I'm about to start, a new team is like again where where do I start you know what what do I do first? What's your What's your first step? Your first approach when you had to encounter that situation? Okay, I have a new team. What What do I do on my first day?
0: From a team perspective, hmm. uh, I think it all comes down to building trust, um, creating moments of vulnerability where you have to rely on your teammates. Uh, you know, I, I think creating, you know, kind of a a shared vision Uh, so everyone's kind of rowing in the same direction you know that that analogy kind of gets thrown out Mm -hmm. a lot I I think it's a great analogy where you know you can have four people in a boat and they're all rowing in different directions and you're just kind of spinning around right they all want the same thing they all want to maybe get to shore but they're all pointed at different shorelines how can you get them rowing into the same shoreline Uh, and that's and that's probably the, the biggest thing that I tried to do. And, um, you know, to, to create trust and vulnerability, uh, we do a lot of, like, kind of weird games. Um, I picked this up from, from one of the classes that I took. You know, we'll do, you know, kind of like uh, before practice or after practice, I'll give, you know, we'll split the, the team up into to different groups every time because again it's stickiness factor where i don't want just four people to be connected i want all 18 or 22 or whatever you have on your team so we'll split them up into you know maybe groups of 3 or 4 and and then i'll give them like a, a word scramble or a wacky word uh sheet and they have to work together and you know um pablo you might be my teammate and you get uh questions 3 and 4 right and then i get questions 6 and 8 and somebody else gets you know, nine and 10. And and now we're kind of working together. Uh, we're kind of being a little bit vulnerable where we don't know everything and we have to rely on other people.
1: Hmm. That's a good one. That's a really good one. In fact, um, you know, that's something that I, that I tend to, I don't know if it's the best thing that you can do, but I find myself in the first day coaching a new team or a new group um starting by that, by trying to establish a vision and um and some core values that I want um of course to be respected at all times. Now n- now that, that was going to be my question. I mean it's it's that's great, I guess. Um but it's it can be a lot of worse. The, the, the great challenge is like how do we how do we translate that into into an activity, into how do how do we materialize it? And uh, these games that you're saying are, that's a very good, that's a very good way of doing it.
0: And then you could do, you know, like relay races, right? Like, you know, maybe at the end of practice, you know, we're pretty fortunate. We have a a performance coach within our program and uh, you know, just to make it competitive, you know, split the group up, you know, and Hey, first team to win again, you're relying on, on other people. It's not just you by yourself. You have to maybe strategize depending on the, um, you know the activity or the challenge that the performance coach gives you. You know one might have to do push-ups. Hey, I'm really strong at push-ups. Um, another person might have mm. to do uh, a 40-yard sprint. Hey, I'm really fast. I can do this. And and I think again, it, it just goes to being vulnerable and, and being okay with not being the best at everything. And that's what a team's all about, especially in soccer. You know, you have individuals yeah. who are, you know, really good at defending. And you know what? maybe you know they're not great at finishing. Well, you know, now you have that forward who's really good at that, but you know, doesn't like to defend so much. And and that's where you just kind of compliment each other.
1: No, completely. Completely. Um I, I think it's great, especially like um I mean if you're trying to promote a specific um value or behavior within within the team and you apply an activity like this it's it's great do you have any um how can I say this do you have any specific approaches for how to sustain it over time because I I think this is this might be something that we all struggle at time right for example um I'm pretty I'm pretty big in in competitiveness um because I guess that that's very authentic with my personality. I'm, I'm. I was very. I was very competitive, simply. So, um, so that's that is something that I like instilling in, in my team, in my teams. Now, um, how do you how do you sustain that that value that that initiative over time? So it's reflected in every session, in every activity. It can be a, can be a challenge. You know what I mean. So do, do you have any any sp- Ways of approaching um, this topic of settling a behavior. Do you know what I mean? Yeah.
0: So, kind of ingraining it in with your culture for a, a long period mm-hmm. of time. Yeah. Um, exactly. You know, I think I've taken the approach where, you know, you, you can't do it every every day, um, it just becomes overwhelming. Um, I think you know, like, Mm -hmm. like competitive, right. Um, I'm a super competitive person. Mm -hmm. And one of the mantras that we have within our older girls, you know, we, we go with, with, you know, when things aren't going well, um, you have three things to get you back to center. And uh, the first one is compete. If you're always competing, um, you always have a chance, right? The next one is confidence. If you have, there's a reason why we brought you to this club. There's a reason why we brought you to this team. You're a good player. So know that you're a good player. You can go out there, you can be successful. And then the last one is collaborate. All right. When things aren't going well, work hard. All right. Get your confidence, but also utilize the teammates and coaches around you to help you solve the challenge or the problem. So, you know, we always talk about those three things and and we always want to create a competitive environment, but you can't do that every training session for an entire season. You know, you're going to burn kids out. Um, you have to Complain. um Complain. you know kind of put in you know some some fun activities right to 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 break it up and that's one of the things that i've i've really learned over the last year or two is um you you, you got to be able to you know have fun and and not just you know kind of take the military approach where every day we're going to go 100 miles an hour it just doesn't work with the kids so mm-hmm. um i kind of mixed it up
1: um yep. No, 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 but it's, 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 it's 100% what I was thinking, actually. And, 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 and that's the question, I guess, that we all go through. It's like, you know, we were like, okay, I want to instill this behavior and I'm going to push, for it, but at the same time, I don't want to burn the players down. And I think it comes so, back to,
0: like, show, like um, highlighting those hmm. moments. Um, you know, if, if you really want players to be competitive, um, when someone is really showing the level that you want, highlight that player because you know other players want to be highlighted Um, so calling that player out or you know maybe uh, it was after a game and the level was just fantastic right like tell the group you know let them know i I think it's really easy as coaches or as as leaders to sometimes pick out the faults what we have to do a better job of is highlighting you know the positives and i think rush does that you know where you know hey it's five to one or, or i think that's the ratio but um, you know, five positives to yeah. one. Like, really try to to get them to to be motivated, um, and I and I think that'd be great. No, completely, completely. It's um, catch
1: catch yep. them being good, right? Like, like you need just that. Um, and yeah, and the the four one five one. I really like that philosophy. Not not, not because <laughs> I'm gonna start counting them during the session, but because every once in a while you get you get into the self reflection of saying. Am I being positive or am I, you know, am I, I'm criticizing too much. I'm catching too many of the bad moments in my coaching. Um, Absolutely. Um, Let me, let me ask you one thing. Um, What would you recommend to somebody interested in learning more about um, leadership? What are, what are like some key authors or concepts that, um, that you would recommend studying? Yeah,
0: and I think the, the main thing, you know, Pablo, is leadership is a skill. And and like any other skill, the more you work on it, the better you're going to become. Um, so, you know, read books. Uh, you know, we, we talked maybe a little bit about, you know, Simon Sinek and, and TED Talks, right? Like subscribe to TED Talks. You know, there's mm-hmm. some good ones. You know, there might be some ones that are irrelevant. Um, but the more that you can learn from others and and pick up, you know, I I know, you know, the one that uh, the rush is kind of highlighting this month is legacy, you know, about the New Zealand uh, rugby team. Fantastic book. Um, You know, I I'm maybe old school. I like to buy the books, Pablo, because, you know, I highlight and then what (laughs) I'll do is, you know, I might come back to that, you know, a week from now, like, you know, I remember that and go through it and, you know, I might even reread it a couple of times and then, You know, I'll add, you know, kind of some things like, you know, they're talking about mantras, you know, like what are three things that are easily sayable that players can remember? And that's where it goes back to, you know, compete, confidence and collaborate. Right. When things aren't going well, I want you to remember those things. I picked that up from that book. Um, So there's there's things like that where, you know, uh, I about four years ago, I hated to read. I absolutely hated to read. Somebody asked me to read. I would not do it. But um, once I started taking leadership classes, man, I I don't know, like something went off and and I just enjoy doing it. So I encourage people to to do just a little bit every day. There's a great book out there that my first book that I read was called The Slight Edge. Um, And it just talks about doing things that others are not willing to do and are doing things that are easy um, to do, but they're also easy not to do. And, you know, in the book, they just talk about, Hey, you know, (laughs) you don't have to read a book on one setting, you know, just do 20 minutes And, and kind of reference back to, you know, every year, every year people have a new year's resolution. And by February that resolution is gone. And it's because people try to work out for three hours every day. It's not sustainable, you know, do things that are sustainable. Uh, If you're busy, right, we're all busy, we're coaching, we're traveling. Hey, you know, get an audio book, put it in your car when you're driving to and from practice. I've done that a couple of times when, you know, I'm driving from Des Moines to St. Louis or to Chicago. I'll just get an audio book and listen to it. So those are ways. Um, You know, the other thing is more of the professional development. Uh, Take classes, you know, one of the positives of COVID, there's not very many, but one of the positives is it's changed the educational format. No longer is it in person. A lot of classes are online. A lot of degrees are online. Um, You know, uh, I'm going to put a plug in to the University of Iowa. Uh, They have a a leadership certificate, as I talked about before. Um, It's a five class program, all centered around leadership. You can take it online. Uh, There's a lot of other schools, maybe in in the areas of of the coaches that are listening that have leadership certificates within their their colleges now. I recommend that. Hmm. And then one more thing there, Pablo. You made me laugh anyway. You know, find a Mm -hmm. mentor. I I think having a mentor, someone that you can look up to, someone that you can bounce ideas off of, is critical. Uh, as I mentioned, you know, I had a great mentor at my work. Um, I've had some really good mentors and in, in coaching where, you know, you run into a problem, you know, maybe it's, you know, you're having issues getting kids to respond and uh, what, what, what can I do instead of trying to solve it yourself, reach out to your mentor, reach out to friends and, and see what suggestions they have. 100%.
1: Um, I, was, I was laughing about the three hours workout resolution. I feel like that's such a popular <laughs> one, right?
0: I've been there, man, <laughs> every year.
1: Me too, me too. That's why I remember. <laughs> um, hey, Daryl. Um, so the the first thing that I wanted to say is, well, I, I want to be mindful of, of your time. That's why. And um, so I wanted to say thank you, first of all, for, for taking this moment to, to actually share your expertise and your knowledge with everybody else. And, um, and the second thing is, um, we always finish this podcast or at least I like doing it like that. That is, I'm just giving you a moment because I'm sure that there are a lot of excellent questions that I didn't make. Um, so if you want to take one last uh, minute to communicate with the coaches, to say something that you think it's important, please, please go ahead.
0: Yeah. I'm just going to reiterate, you know, what I mentioned earlier, you know, um, leaders, new, old, you know, the big thing that I found successful is just to be authentic, be yourself. Don't try to be someone else. Mm -hmm. Um, it's okay. Not to know everything. I, I know when I first became a leader, I thought I had to solve every world problem. Um, and it's just not the case, you know, surround yourself with knowledgeable people, people that compliment you, um, and and don't be afraid of that. Uh, I think too often as leaders, we're afraid to have, you know, people that might know more about something in a particular topic than we do. Uh, we feel threatened by that. But great leaders don't. Um, and, you know, uh, as a leader, you know, continue to ask questions, continue to evolve. And as I always say, you know, just fail forward. It's okay. Failure is part of life. I think too many people uh, frown about it, but that's how that's how we get better, right? It's, it's okay to make mistakes, you know, as long as you make a mistake and you learn from it and, you know, you get better next time. Thanks, thanks, thanks for listening to Coach's Education exclusively on the Rush Podcast Network. <laughs>